Everybody, bold Americans, we are about to get started here for another fantastic wrap up of the week. Here on the show, we have two special guests my co host Chris Michaels, and we have Dave Casey from David versus Goliath. He's going to be joining us. That's a great podcast that you should check out. Great libertarian, but he's going to be speaking with us as well. So, you're not going to want to miss that. We're going to get into tonight the left is eating itself, literally. There are people that are left uh, represented Democrats that were trying to break into the DNC last night in Washington, D.C. We have in my own state, the left going after President Biden, calling for war crimes in The Hague and calling for him to uh, be resigning right away, as well as his entire cabinet. This is an amazing turn of events, but I'm very concerned that possibly it's because people want us to be socialist. On top of that, the Bin Laden papers, right? They came out, the letter that he wrote as to why America was attacked, and TikTok ran with this showing that millennials truly are stupid. And that's all I really have. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee, or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network and all social media platforms. Let's go. America. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Yes, you did, America. Yes, you did. You got what you voted for. I say that all the time. Socialism, it's on the rise in this country. And if anything is showing that right now, it's this entire Israel versus Palestine and Hamas. Notice how people forgot that there's even Hamas in the equation. Now it's just Israel versus Palestine. But Hamas is still a very real threat and an active player in this region. So we're going to get into that tonight. We're going to talk about the left eating itself and all those things I introed right at the beginning of the show. Chris Michaels is the weekly recap. Let's rock and roll, brother. I'm ready. Are you? Are your I'm loins ready. girded? Hey, when uh, you say grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever else that you're into, yeah. uh, do you mean uh, other people as well? I mean, you could. You could. If, if, what, Start grabbing on that? people if they're, as they're listening to you? <laughs> if that's what you're into, I mean, <laughs> hug up next to your honey bunches, well, right? <laughs> Well, I hope if, these people know the. If, that, if you have, I hope they if, know you if you're grabbing them. That's the well, important part. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not telling them what to grab them by. All right, this isn't the ex-president here, but you know, maybe, maybe you know, you have a puppy alongside you, and he's a little extra love and care. So you're curled up next to the puppy right now while you're checking out the show, listening to it. Maybe it's just your honey, right? Sure. Grab it a little bit closer, or it could just be like today. I have some sparkling water Ooh. that I'm drinking, right? Because uh, it's whatever that you're into. I don't. <laughs> I don't want anyone feeling like they they've got to partake in the coffee, right? Like it's at your own pace. It could be alcohol. For I see. I no, I, I appreciate the clarifications. Now we can move on. That's yeah. Could, you could be like you. You know, you're <laughs> drinking the sauce tonight. <laughs> sure. What do you got in your cup? What do I got? Tea, tea, and uh, a little bit boring. of uh, kombucha. Actually, that's boring. I'm sorry. Next time I'll jack it up <laughs> with rum or whatever else I got. All right. So, Chris, 
Yes. You you probably identify a little bit more on the Republican side, although I don't know if you even like that terminology anymore. Ah, it's okay. I'll yeah. go with it. Yeah. For sake I, of I, argument, I'll go with it. Yeah, I, I'm with my guest here and our guest here would call libertarian light. Uh-huh. And I think he's more libertarian than I am. So when we're having this conversation tonight, I was like, well, let's get somebody who's a little bit more true libertarian, although he may correct me on that as well. And then maybe we can balance out everything. And I even invited, I don't even know if he's going to join us for the weekly recap. He's going to try to, he's on a production. I invited a lefty layman to join in at some point. So he might hop into the broadcast and he'll give us the left's perspective. (laughs) And I invited Joe soul to come in at some point to talk a little bit about uh, his experience with going to war after September 11th and his reaction to all this. So it should be a, a fun show as people get added in. If they show up, we'll find out. We'll see how this goes. So, uh, Dave, welcome to America Emboldened. This is your second appearance. Yes, sir. Oh, man, appreciate the invite. You guys sound caffeinated. I love it. So I just (laughs) want to let you know, right here, I got my green tea with honey. I got a reasonable pile of cocaine over here that I'm going to be fucking- Oh, good. Yeah, we're going. All right. So I'm going to be- I'm that libertarian. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So I I like to move the Overton window as far as possible. Sure. Uh, that way. So, yeah. So, so just so you guys know, uh, Dave is also from the great state of Delaware. And uh, we were joking earlier. That's the city of Wilmington behind him in the skyline. Um, but Biden, Bidenomics, Bidenomics, you know, you said you're, you got a line of Coke in front of you. Is Hunter Biden going to pop off from the side? Well, that's something Wilmington does very well. Actually, the drug war is going fantastic here. If you are the uh, regime. So now there's drugs everywhere. Uh, that's fine. We're good on that front. Um, but no, I'm sure he, Biden's going to run his uh, campaign here. So we got that to look forward to. Uh, so if Hunter's in town, I'm sure, yeah, the booger sugar will be good. The booger sugar. <laughs> yeah. We saw those pictures of the locker this week, right? Locker number 50. And oh. nobody could figure out who was in locker 50. It will be a mystery for as long as we live. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Almost. <laughs> There's no mysteries anymore with any of this stuff. I'm telling you, like everything that was conspiracy is coming true uh, at a faster pace than I ever thought was possible. I mean, just our guest last night, we had Simon Esler on the show and Simon was breaking down things. And then I get removed from YouTube saying that I'm spreading who misinformation stating that vaccines aren't safe and effective. And nowhere in any part of what I was saying in what Simon said, where we talked about that, I was simply quoting the literature that's peer reviewed that's coming out now. And somehow I guess it just triggers YouTube. So YouTube, if you're listening to this and you go to remove it again, screw you. All right. I don't need your business YouTube. I will take it to rumble and all the other socials that will have me. Um, But if you, you have this thing on your show, you don't talk about that stuff whatsoever, right? Because you're very like, cognizant that they can take your show down at any moment the only episode i've ever done that they did take down featured uh, a delaware-based medical doctor dr irene maverkakis uh who's um past she's a passionate libertarian also um is vaccine injured and has been uh an outspoken advocate especially over the past you know three four years or so and uh yeah we did an episode with her and the title i can't remember exactly what it was but it was like screaming please like erase this bit you know you have to take this video down immediately <laughs> um it's like had communism and like vaccine in it in the title i'm like yeah whatever uh, but yeah that did not take long for them to take that down um all completely 
factual information, zero conspiracy theory throughout the whole thing. It was like a presentation that she did, like a PowerPoint. Um, and it was great. You can still find it on Odyssey. But uh, yeah, man, you cannot say it doesn't matter if it's true, false. Maybe it's going to change. Maybe the misinformation, maybe it's, you know, yesterday's facts or whatever. But uh, if it is against the who, you cannot say it. That's a YouTube is Google. Google is part of the regime. That is a governmentality from the beginning. Uh, so we cannot treat that like a mom and pop shop that just runs your your local search engine. And, uh, you know, recognize that for what that is, you know. Yeah, I got physically threatened because I was on terrestrial radio when all this was started. And I was citing, uh, you know, CDC and FDA documents themselves. And people were emailing me saying they wanted to meet me at a time and place of your choosing. And they gave me their phone number like I was going to actually text them. Um, what's also ironic about all of this is that Barack Obama came out, I think it was uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and said he's a free speech absolutist. And the government should not do anything to hinder the speech. But as he's speaking through both sides of his mouth, he says that doesn't mean that private companies or public companies like Twitter and Facebook can do whatever they'd like so they can be the bastions of free speech and make sure that everything is safe for everybody. <laughs> what, a, what a snake. <laughs> and that's his new, um, I mean, I, I think that's his new pet project. His new nonprofit is based on uh, disinformation. That's what he's very passionate about going around the world, you know, and distributing you know. it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. These, they love double speak. These people, they really do. Yeah, double speak inversion. and inverting the truth. There it is. Inverting the truth. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm wondering with all this, like, where are the musicians, right? Like you had the guy from the Muddy My Boston's. He went on with Del Big Tree recently. And he was like, look, I thought my entire band was punk rock. And then when I took a stand way back when against the vaccines, they kicked me out of the band. He goes, luckily, I found some people now that are more like-minded with me that he can play music alongside. But I, I think back, like when we talk about how corporations can censor people, I remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, when uh, you had Tipper Gore, who wanted to put parental advisory labels on top of CDs because the words, oh my God, somebody could hear the F word or somebody mm -hmm. might be talking about bodily fluids or something, God forbid. And as a result, uh, I think it was the group Two Live Crew was getting criminal charges threatened at shows. And so now that we have tech companies and we have FBI colluding, I know this is kind of an old story that I'm rehashing here, but my point is, where are the musicians that were punk rock? Where are the musicians that used to be anti-government that would stand up and go, you know what? The rights of the people need to be uh, heard. Where are the people that are given into that? Because they all look like now they're wearing Depends and taking their Geritol before they're going to bed. And they've all been neutered, quite honestly. Rage Against the Machine is like Rage Against the Little Ooh. Sissies at this point in time. Awful communists they are. D. Snyder from uh, twisted sister is super cucked for the jab and like public about it. Like, you know, eight times boosted that guy. Probably we're not going to take it. Like he should go do a, he should go do a Pfizer ad. Like, yeah. We are going to take, take it. it. Yeah. Oh, we're going to take it. Imagine? That was former hometown pride. I used to <laughs> during college, he used to come to Costco where I used to work. <laughs> very sad. It's very it is, sad. It he's is. getting it's really stupid. He's Gen getting hit on Twitter pretty hard for that Gentlemen, one. Gentlemen, you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing that there's a cover song in our future, and one of us is gonna be donning a wig as we run through the house. I, I think it's gonna happen. <laughs> We're gonna have to make <laughs> that video a reality. 
Right. It's, you know, it's sad, man. Yeah, don't meet your idols because yeah, they will disappoint you. But yeah, to your point, where are the punk, like especially punk rockers? You guys should know. I mean, you've been doing it yourself the whole time. Yeah, where's Henry Rollins? Yeah. Cucked for Pfizer, I'm sure. You know, like um, who else, man? The Offspring, those guys kicked out. Kicked out a guy in the band who couldn't get the. He wanted to. Literally, like his couldn't. doctor was like, "Don't, don't do this." And yeah. they kicked him out. Of the, like that's so. It's the most unpunk rock thing I've ever heard in my life. It's, it is sad, dude. Yeah, you got to keep them separated. Oh God. <laughs> oh, I think we should bring back the New York Dolls. If anything, New York Dolls was a lot of fun. But do you know uh, Mr. Zimmerman, uh, Bob Dylan? I believe he sold his catalog to Vanguard, right? Or was it BlackRock? I'm going to look if it up you, right now. If you do some research, a lot of these artists from the 60s and 70s, like Neil Young, they sold their catalogs to these big firms. And so all of a sudden, they're very pro-vax and very pro-government policy and mandates. Right. <laughs> Once that happens. <laughs> if it's tied to your retirement plan, you have a little bit more of an incentive. You it's said. so sad what happened to the, the hippies have been weaponized and, and changed over. The hippies of the 60s turned into the neoliberals of the 2000s. And it's, man, they're, they've done some damage. Yeah, we should really bring back acid trips again. Just everybody, just do yeah. tabs of acid. Mandatory. <laughs> Mandatory. <laughs> Mandated. You know, those are as good as laws, sir. Those are mandates. So a clarification. So Bob Dylan sold his music to Universal Music Publishing Group, uh-huh. and the prime majority stake from there is Vanguard. Right. So that's okay. the link to Vanguard, but it's Universal Publishing. Right. So there you go. And then we saw when uh, Xi was in town, who was at his dinner table. Uh, what It was uh, Larry Fink and also yeah. Albert Borla. So you can only imagine what kind of nefarious activities they have in store for us in 2024. <laughs> Who's Borla? I don't know who the second guy is. He's the head stooge of Pfizer. He's the CEO. Okay. Right. CEO, yep. And so you had a great point earlier today on, uh, on the X – Chris, what did you say about these individuals and what they were doing to our country? They're seditionists. Mm-hmm. What you have is you have a class of extremely powerful political donors that are not aligned to the policies, or they are aligned to the policies, but they're not aligned to America and the citizens of America. They're aligned to whatever kind of bizarre background policies that they really talk about behind closed doors so at this point you have a group of seditionists that are you know how wealthy combined that are really buying the political class and the political class is what it's nothing more than a group of salespeople that are trying to woo you over and convince you that the policies that will destroy your life are really good for you i mean they're just cognitive dissonance salesmen that's that's all it is yeah, I would say, you know, you were talking about socialism earlier, man. And I would say that that is kind of the word of the century, the progressive era, you know, socialism. But the what's going on right now with this kind of woke capitalism or corporate socialism is on a global level. Like he, he's absolutely right. I mean, the corporations have long since captured the governments of the world, but they now they have a real shot with uh you know 5g getting to where they need to be and everybody's on their phone all the time you know 
the the COVID lockdown was just kind of a test run for the things that they really, really have their, their eyes set on. But that is the goal. Make no mistake. 2030 agenda is, is, I don't know if it's on schedule or not, but it's going full steam ahead. That mean, and that means still, you know, if, if, if main street hadn't been decimated enough from the COVID lockdowns, get ready for more of that, get ready for hyperinflation, get ready for food shortages that didn't have to come, but will. And, uh, the corporatists will, will continue to, uh, yeah, consolidate power because that's what they do. The libertarian wants to decentralize everything and they want to centralize everything. It's opposing forces that way. I'm looking at the headlines right now that are that are happening throughout this country with the whole Israel and Hamas and throwing the Gaza Strip now in Palestine. And I find myself in a really uncomfortable space because I don't like to speak in absolutes, right? Because if I speak in absolutes, then it says that I'm arrogant enough or my ego is fed enough that I think that I figured out something that's thousands of years old. And I know for a fact, I'm not that intelligent. I know for a fact, it would be foolish for me to think that I could uh, take kind of the Sharia law argument versus the Western secularism argument and be able to properly put that into proper perspective. But you know, Dave, and I, we, we went to the Rage Against the War Machine rally last February, Chris. And while we were there, we heard people that were self-avowed communists. We heard people that were Republicans, people that were libertarians, all coming together to try to stop the Ukraine-Russia escalation and the money that was going. And now I'm getting uncomfortable. And I wanted to ask Dave this question. The reason I'm getting uncomfortable is I'm wondering how close we are in message but at the same time, giving a nod towards socialists and their agenda for America, because I'm starting to see that perhaps we're in bed with the wrong people calling for peace, but maybe I got it all wrong. This might get me in trouble in some circles, but uh, I'm here for it. You think we're in the in bed with the wrong people calling for peace. So if what I'm hearing is, man, the left is so wrong about everything, but they seem like they're on the right tip right now. And that I don't feel think it's like the strange. Left. It, it feels really strange to me in some respects, but then I'm going, you know what? This is the faux left. This is the left that has been the progressive left that is ruining the country at this point in time. These are the people right. that are sitting there changing the language, inverting truth. These are the people that are trying to give rights to the collectivism. These are not the individuals that are protecting individual rights. They don't care about the secular rights. And when I find myself standing shoulder to shoulder with those individuals that I've been at mortal odds with the entire mm -hmm. time I've been growing up, developing my, my uh, view of the world where I want, you know, I like moderate Democrats, right? And I don't think the regular Democrat actually recognizes what's classified as the left anymore. This is almost like when Republicans yeah. were looking at the Tea Party going, I'm not sure I understand that, where I was going, well, this makes a little bit more sense to me. It's constitutionally sound. But I can, yeah. I, I think that we're seeing this, this arcing of the parties, and I just, I worry that we're in bed with the wrong people. I can certainly empathize with that, man, because some of these are awful people. Um, uh, you know, the, the squad is, seem, you know, seemingly on the right side of this issue right now. So that's that's weird. It just, you know, gives you pause. Right. Um, let me say this, though. Uh, I did. I came from the left. We talked about this a little bit. You know, I, I voted for Nader in 2000. First time I could vote. Um, and I've certainly changed my views uh, 
substantially. But the reason that I found myself there in my political awakening as a essentially a child was because of I, I was anti-war. And that's as soon as the George Bush terror wars had kicked off. Like before I was thinking about anything political, that made sense to me. And the largest uh, anti-war rally ever was put on by communists in 2007. Socialists and communists, you know, get, sh get stuff done uh, when it comes to anti-war causes and have at least my whole adult life. So I t look, man, as a libertarian, you got to just, you know, like maintain you know, your, your philosophy, right? So you sometimes, like I was loving, to be perfectly honest, the past, you know, a couple of years where the right was making great strides in, in you know, turning towards, you know, an anti-war position. Uh, to Trump's credit, you know, I think he kind of made that cool, like Ron Paul set it off and Trump made it okay. And that was awesome. Um, they were even like, you know, up until the summer of love, you know, we're kind of like, maybe, all right, maybe there might be some police brutality stuff going on. But then there are these triggers, these, you know, like these, you know, like ground zero style events that happen that like everybody goes back to their kind of default positioning. And an attack on Israel is like a the the crown jewel of that. The evangelical right is not like, look, man, this is a this is a big deal. Um, I, I think that this could be really, really bad and, uh, it already is. And, um, but I, I think I know, I've traveled the United States. I've been to 49 States and the, the Bible belt is ready to go to war for Israel. So I, that's a really volatile situation. Like, and this nothing against my Christian brethren who, you know, like I, I listen, has nothing to do with religion, whether we're talking about here, Christians, or we're talking about over there, Jews, Arabs, it, it does, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like state-sanctioned violence, right? So, um, yeah, I'll let you guys get in there. I'm sorry, I kind of ranted a little bit. No, but. no, I, I was letting you because I think we're on the same page as far as that's the hotbed. The part that kind of I'm confused by within all of this is, you know, the Bible Belt, the evan evangelicals, why is it? that they are so in bed with the idea of uh, Israel or Zionism. Uh, when you look at the faiths and the way that they broke out, right? Uh, that's the one part that is left out. Uh, Christianity has its roots there, right? We have on the doorstep there, all the Holy Land, the different sites. Uh, we have Muhammad, uh, who was one of the prophets, Jesus, one of the prophets, and so you have different sects. Matter of fact, that's where the Sunnis, the Shiites, uh, that's where they all divide from. You have the consensus uh, of faith and you have the other part. You get down to Saudi Arabia and then you have kind of like the uh, the royalty side. And then you have the people that actually make the, the moral part of those laws and they inform the royalty side. And so when you get into like the, the Arab nations, uh, when you get into Christianity and uh, the, the the Jewish heritage and faith, it's this melting pot and mixing bowl that has been really riddled with conflict for a long period of time. And I don't think that the majority of Americans truly even understand their history of their Bible that are Bible Belt. I don't think that they understand where the Islamic faith comes from. Uh, right. And so that's the great irony for me when I hear the right supporting something on the other side, because I'm like, I, I don't think the right actually truly understands what they're supporting. And that's why I think that it requires such nuanced conversations. 
you and I both had a guest on our show, Scott Horton. Um, Scott is, uh, been on fire regarding this. He's been basically, uh, shouting out people wanting to talk to them about this, uh, going on to other people's shows. Have you had a chance to pick his brain at all, or have you not been in touch with him in a while? No, I haven't talked to Scott in a little bit, but he has been on, uh, his last appearance on Timcast was absolute fire, man. I mean, talk about like educating the people on using your time, you know, precisely you know he went he went there with a mission not to converse with friends but to educate the public and it was a serious service man now he he is literally the best voice uh from a libertarian perspective on foreign policy so if you're interested in why things look the way they do or what's happened over the past 40 years 50 years of the uh, you know wars around the world and you know american intervention um he's he's got it man he's an encyclopedia but uh, no, I haven't talked to him, but um, I think he's going to be on Tim Pool's show again tomorrow night. So okay. that's I'll check that out. But yeah, that's something that we can get him booked on this show, too. I'll, I'll reach out to him because I haven't had him in yeah. like seven, eight months. But uh, he's somebody that you can get talking, Chris, and he can go for a long period of time because he does come so well prepared. But the reason why I bring oh, him yeah. up, too, is he's been owning Ben Shapiro in the media for months. And he went on Timcast. And he's like, I've offered to debate. Uh, ben Shapiro, but he refuses to take me up on it. So Ben, if you're listening, you know, let's do this. If you're paying attention right now, Ben Shapiro is on this completely unhinged emotional roller coaster where he's now going after talent at the network that he's on the daily wire. He's going after Candace Owens and uh, they're in this huge fight. And I just said last week, Chris, that I think that Ben Shapiro, what people forget is he's got people he answers to. He's not in control. Uh, people to always go. Masad? Well, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> what? Sorry. How could that be? He I should mean, probably that... register as a foreign agent. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean we got... that's, that's ahead, almost as bad as Sean Hannity having a CIA pin on his lapel. Gosh, I wonder where his opinions come from and how much he's paid to say them. I'll never forgive Sean Hannity for destroying Ron Paul's presidential run. Sean Hannity will forever be a bastard to me because of that. And I don't care. I'll never forgive Sean Hannity for having Listen, a lantern jaw and being Irish. Both of them. If you go, I made a little, actually a little montage video of it. You can go check it out on my Instagram page. Or you could just go to Ben Shapiro's Twitter and in his search bar, type Ron Paul. And you'll see tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet of him just shitting on him during 2012 when it really mattered mm -hmm. to like... These, these guys are, I'm telling you, sent to destroy, you know, any kind of semblance of the liberty movement or, or, or people that might be funneled into that direction and take them over in this way instead. You, oh, you thought that was cool. How about this? But, you know, like, how about some nationalism with some Zionist sprinkle on top? How about that instead? Um, there's too much money behind that. And it's just crap. If Ben Shapiro is not debating a 19 year old college student, like who the hell who's watching this stuff? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, I demand better from my pundits. Well, the CEO of the Daily Wire is not Ben Shapiro. You know, everybody always says, well, Daily Wire, that's Ben Shapiro's company. It's actually owned by a company called Bentkey Ventures, LLC. Um, it was created by Ben Shapiro, but Caleb Robinson now and Jeremy Boring, which you probably heard Jeremy's razors before that he's mm -hmm. rebranded everything. By the way, Jeremy, your razors suck. They cut up my face. John Bickley is the editor in chief over there. But my point is, 
now that Ben Shapiro might have created this, all these other individuals, Ben Shapiro is not a CEO. He is simply an editor, right? That's all he is at the company, and he's a talent. Now the co-CEOs tell Ben Shapiro, you know, what they want. And I have a feeling you're going to see Ben Shapiro kicked off the Daily Wire in the coming weeks, if not within the next week. Because when Candace Owens went on Tucker Carlson and gave her uh, 10 cents about how everybody at the network is living in Tennessee except Ben, and Ben is completely out of step and out of line from what the CEOs want, that sent a clear shot across the bow that Ben's brand is not welcome at the Daily Wire anymore. Did you guys see any of that? No. I that did. Would be I crazy. saw it with Tucker. Yeah, now and Tucker- she, she composed herself fairly well. I mean, she said that basically I don't even know what this is about because it's a clip and it looks like it was taken without his knowledge. So I don't know why he's saying this. I don't know what what sentences came before this. So I can't say anything about it, except that I'm not going to engage in this because how can I argue about something like this? It doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, she, in my opinion, after she went on Tucker, it seems as though that she came out on top just as a professional, just as somebody that works for a company. She looks a lot better than him, a little whiny idiot that <laughs> runs around and tries to bully freshman college students from a podium. I mean, all right. <laughs> wow. I, I wonder if his brand is expiring. That's it. So I'd love that because he's that's awful. I, so that's the first yeah. part, the right eating the right, right? We're, we're seeing that now that there's this public feud. And I think that that's two kind of behemoths that people really look up to in the, in the conservative uh, realm that will be interesting to watch to see where this completely falls as it may. So can I ask you a question? Does everybody remember when Ben Shapiro said that Jesus was just a guy that did magic tricks? Yes. Yeah. So how could all of the conservatives really toe his line? I mean, <laughs> you can't do this if you're an evangelical or you're part of the Bible Belt. You can't say, oh, I love Ben Shapiro. I mean, especially if he is a real adherent to the Talmud. I mean, they're going to have a rude awakening <laughs> if they actually read that. <laughs> I wonder how many conservatives know that, know Not that well. he said that. I mean, yeah. but, but I, I, to your point, like I'm sure millions and millions, he gets what, you know, millions of people watch him. And, you know, probably sure. only only a small fraction probably have seen that tweet or, you know, seen him say that. I yeah, wish I, all of them did. I haven't looked at the, the his numbers in a while, but he used to be just below Joe Rogan uh, at, you know, how many people listen to him on a daily basis. I would put $20 as a gentleman's bet between you three that that number has drastically fallen over the last several weeks. I, I, I think that this is probably a bad look for him. I don't feel that he's going to survive it. Um, not He's going to survive it, but not in the way that he's been going as far as his brand over the past several years. Now, there's another person whose brand I think is uh, in jeopardy in the state of Delaware. And I don't even think she knows that her brand's in jeopardy. I've invited her onto the show. I think we're going to have a conversation sometime next week. Uh, but she is a renowned socialist Democrat in the state of Delaware. And I covered her rally uh, on Monday's show or yeah, Monday's show. Uh, so you can go back on the America Out Loud Network. You can hear that. But that's the person, Medina Wilson Anton. She represents the 26th district in the little state of Delaware. And she was the one on a megaphone screaming, Biden, Biden, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. And lo and behold, Guess what I heard in Europe on Wednesday? 
the same exact protesters chant, Biden, Biden, you can't hide. We charge you a genocide. So how is it that this little state rep here in the state of Delaware starts this chant and then 48 hours later, I'm seeing it in another part of the world that has nothing to do with the United States. It's almost like there's this organized opposition against the Republic. And I point this out because we can all agree that we don't want death and destruction. We can all agree that we want peace. I think the three of us, gentlemen, we would all want a peaceful world without war. But as I said, the left eating the left. I'm going to share something for the first time on the show right now. For people listening, you're going to find this very interesting. I got phone calls from people in Dover. That's right. The other elected officials, they heard my show. They also heard my appearance on a local FM radio show called The Rick Jensen Show. And they said to me, Greg, we just want to let you know, great job. We heard your show and we're looking at everything. Even the Speaker of the House is considering censuring this uh, this representative, Medina. Uh, so she may be censured. Now, I haven't heard any follow-up since then because I, quite honestly, didn't ask. I don't have a horse in this race. But they said to me, and this is Democrats, Democrats and, and Republicans too, but this is Democrats sharing with me, we don't like her. She doesn't represent the party. Now, that to me tells me the left is certainly eating the left in the state of Delaware. I don't think that's a unique thing to Delaware. I think this is happening now all across this country. I think people are waking up to the fact that the left has become this progressive socialist movement that's Marxism. And there are people that are Democrats going, this is too far even for me. And maybe people like Medina are doing us all a favor by putting those part of the intentions out there. So that way we can call ourselves back to what is constitutional in this country. How do you guys feel about that? Well, I saw your, your clips uh, on Twitter. Um, were you, you were there at that event? I was not there. I had somebody on the ground that was there. Okay. And, and, and hundreds of people were there. Is that accurate? Over, over a thousand people were there. A thousand people. Okay. So this, this is, I'm a little split on it, but I will say this. I'm skeptical I, I want to love an anti-war movement that shows up and says, yes, don't kill people, right? That that sounds good on face value. But where Barack Obama launched a war in Yemen in 2012, and it has been one of the bloodiest conflicts for a decade that no one gave a shit about. No one went to anyone's house and, and no one cared because no one talked about it. So uh, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> I have a hard time believing that this is like grassroots, right? Or something oh, it's not like grassroots. that. Right. It doesn't, do, certainly doesn't feel like that. But um, at the same time, I like that. I mean, they, someone is calling attention to the war crimes of this president. I mean, you know, it kind of sucks that they're just going after Trump right? for like, you know, things that all presidents could be guilty of. And I'm sure since all of the presidents in my lifetime are war criminals, like it kind of, you know, Sorry, Joe Biden, you know, musical chairs, it's on you now. But like, I have a hard time feeling bad for that, too. Like, I'm, I'm glad that a thousand people showed up to go, you know, stop killing people in our name. Yeah, I mean, so, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Where were these people doing, during Barack Obama's presidency when the drones were killing people going to get married because they got yeah. bad intelligence? And we wouldn't even know about it if it wasn't for Julian Assange. Like, if, if he didn't put together the WikiLeaks... 
we wouldn't have that information, which by the way, he's still a political person per, being politically persecuted and he needs to be freed. Uh, Edward Snowden, same thing. He needs to be freed. Uh, and the people on the left, if you're going to Joe Biden's house and walking, you're not saying that Julian Assange should be free. And you're not saying that Ed Snowden should be free. You're a fraud too. You are faux left. You have your own agenda right now. And that is the, the irony here of both sides of the political spectrum are completely eating themselves. The Republicans get a brand new Speaker of the House, and there is no unity whatsoever. I, I just saw an article that, thank God we didn't have the House a couple of years ago, but there was no one in the Republican Party qualified to write a budget. And as a result, the Democrats were the only ones that were able to come up with one. That's a major vacuum of leadership right there. So uh, I just want to warn people when you get into this next election, 2024, if you're going to pull the ballot lever or push that button or mark that off for a Democrat, you better be damn sure that they're not being supported and being uh, endorsed by anything with a red circle and a red rose saying that they're a socialist. And I'm telling you that because socialism is going to ruin this country. I worry about Hamas in a way that I don't think other people are worried about. If Israel doesn't root out Hamas, and we're not talking about Palestine, we're talking about the terrorist group Hamas, real active threat, real absolute assholes in, the, in this world, right? We can agree that they want the eradication of the Israel as a state. If that doesn't go according to the plan and Hamas gains power and Israel would be eradicated. I'm just going to simply ask the question, America, who's next? Who's next? Because it's not going to end at Israel, right? Terrorism knows no bounds of evil. Now that's not me talking in absolutes. That's just me looking at the evilness of man. And so I believe the collectivism movement, because when you look at the faith structure, like Sharia law, which we're going to get into here in, in the next segment here. Sharia law looks at this moral code of what is the religious right. And this bin Laden letter in the second half of the show we're going to talk about got into what bin Laden was taught about the secularism of the Western world and his disdain for it and what the Western world was doing in Israel. And all of a sudden here on Thursday, People got all up in arms about this on TikTok and everywhere else as if this document wasn't being shown by Ron Paul 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So we're going to get into that on the second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen. All right, everybody, I need you to go and support the show by going over to the America Out Loud network. You can go to americaoutloud.news, check out all the sponsors there. They help support the network, which brings you this show, America Emboldened with Greg Bolden, throughout the week as well as it helps uh, get me out to more people. Uh, we've got a, like 100,000 people on that network every single day tune in on 24-7 Talk Radio Network. If you would like to support this show directly, I could use your support because I stay independent through my views, through independent news. This link, buymeacoffee.com backslash Bold America, that's your way you can donate directly to me in order to make sure that I don't have any corporate lobbyists, corporate interest coming to change my opinion, change my views, or tell me what I'm supposed to report on. And as always, you can go to my website, AmericanBolden.com, where you can check out different shows that are coming up, as well as check out newsletters that I write and other content from there. 
That's it. That's all. We'll be right back after this brief break. You're listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden, my special co-host, Chris Michaels, Dave Casey, and coming up on the other side of the break, Joe Soul. Stick right around, everybody. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. All right, everybody, we are back. Second half of the show. We've been covering a lot of ground here with Chris Michaels, Dave Casey, and just coming up in just a brief, quick moment here, we're going to have Joe Soul coming back on with us as well. Maybe you've seen it. It's taken TikTok by storm over the last 48 hours. People are talking about this letter as if people never had a chance to read it. It's Bin Laden's Letter to America, where he talks about two questions. Why are we fighting and opposing you? And his second question was, what are we calling you to and what do we want from you? This letter talks about the military occupation of both the British and America's interest in Israel and then being upset. And as a result, it created what Ron Paul would have called blowback. It is also a classic case of shaming shaming actions. Uh, so that way you look over here and feel bad about it rather than what is just and what is right. And we see that in the second part of bin Laden's letter where he talks about what are they calling you to? Well, they're calling you to Islamic law. They're calling you to the end of the Western secularism and Christianity and towards the Islamic faith. And he makes that very clear in his letter. Despite this, we have people that are millennials that are talking as if, oh my God, I've been lied to my entire life. What do you mean they don't hate us because we're free? 
they they were upset because we were interfering in what was going on in the Middle East. Oh my God, this is the first I'm ever hearing this, and this is this is not good whatsoever. So, gentlemen, what do you make of the the millennials, the Generation Z, whatever you want to call, all melding down collectively on social media? Are they truly stupid or what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> like when this came out recently, I looked at it and I went, so? I read this years and years and years ago. What's new about this? Absolutely nothing. Like a, a new, a new uh, Chinese article came out and said that we think America is creating weapons that target specific genotypes. I went, so? The project for the new American century around 1999 said they were going to do this. So the problem is here is that people don't understand their history and they don't pay attention enough. If they did, they would realize we're in some bizarre 20-year time loop where we're talking about the same kind of crap we did 20 years ago, except now, instead of it being in Iraq, it's going to be in Iran, or it's going to be in the Levant, or it's going to be in Taiwan or China. It's the same crap. People don't pay attention. They've got an attention span of a gnat on crack. That's why TikTok works so well, and that's why everybody is just shocked that Bin Laden could say something like this. Pentagon contractor Bin Laden could say something like this. I'm stunned. Okay. Chris, is w <laughs> he's winning me over, dude. I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> Um, and I'll, I'll play the other uh, the other side of that, though, and I'll try and give the kids as much credit as we possibly can and say, uh, I'll try. <laughs> Listen. All right. If you were born after post 9-11, if you didn't if you weren't an adult or cognizant through 9-11, you have no clue of what the world world events are and the, like the shape of the, the 21st century and what what it was and what that became. Um, so, you know, everybody, you know, you know can be addicted to stuff, but like to come up with social media, like it, from being like a little child on, can you imagine how like difficult that would be? These kids, they do have it tougher, man. Um, so when the boomers, you know, say, Oh, you know, shit, these kids and stuff, it's like, I don't know you boomers, you kind of, you know, you took all the wealth that had been created from the beginning of the country and you kind of squandered that on yourselves a little bit there. And you weren't paying attention to, uh, events and, um, you know, you kind of led to this, but yeah, to the kid's point, yeah, it sucks that that nihilism has crept in and that they're they're so bored and they don't have a struggle, so they invent it and they go to TikTok to you know, yeah, flick through their two second attention span and oh in my an God, attempt I believe to be this it. now, <laughs> right? I mean, that is sad, but like, look, uh, like Yuri Brezhnev, uh. Oh my Probably God, his... he comes up twice in a row. Right, Last I mean, look, tonight. the 20-year the plan, right? That's the, how long it takes to demoralize a generation. So we've yeah. been properly demoralized, okay? we Our 9-11 was our thing, and then we got to live through uh, uh, the COVID stuff too. Imagine, there are some people who went through JFK, 9-11, you know, the COVID stuff, and they'll probably see some more before they go. But, um, you know, these are huge events. But, uh, yeah, these poor kids, man, they don't even have a shot. Like, it's just... so. So I have somebody that I want to bring up here. He's been on the show twice before. This is a third appearance. Uh, he actually wrote the book, The Broken Mirror of Memory, Iraq and Other Tales. He enlisted into our army shortly after September 11th, 2001. So he's an army veteran, worked in Iraq, 
and uh, has a unique perspective. And I'm curious. Welcome back to the show, Joe Soul. How are you doing, my brother? I'm good, Greg. I'm a little groggy, but I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well, too, my brother. All right. So you're seeing these headlines now. People have this revisionist history that, oh, you know what? That that Bin Laden guy, uh, yeah, he was pretty justified. We've been we've been you know messing with Palestine for years as the United States. How do you feel about that as somebody who served and uh, has maybe a, a different perspective than some other veterans as well? But how's that hit you? I, you know, I mean, at first glance, um, it really ticked me off. Um, it really did. I mean, these kids who may. You know, these Gen Zers who may, you know, who don't know about 9-11, who weren't, you know, even, you know, who weren't even born that day are going to make this pronouncement that, oh, you know, I saw that article um, on Daily Mail this morning um, and I just I couldn't believe it. Oh, you know, this changed my life. You know, go read this letter, this and that and the other thing and said, I don't have to read the letter. I know what Bin Laden's about. He murdered 3,000 Americans. And there's a line between political opposition to U.S. policy, say, in Palestine, and celebrating a man who was a mass murderer. And I just, and, you know, and that's coming from me as an anti-war veteran who marched against the war in Iraq, you know, who went to the march in the Pentagon in 2008. I mean, I'm pretty far out there, you know, anti-war wise but i can't abide by saying oh yeah you know bin laden's but you know bin laden's letter was so eye-opening for these kids it just frankly it turns my stomach a little bit yeah i mean it, it, it i had a visceral response when i heard it today and i had to not tweet out about it because i was worried if i tweeted out about it it was going to be the emotional and not the uh, cognitive right brain response that I wanted to give. And I'm glad that I did so because when I took a step back and I think Dave, you just said it really well, these kids weren't alive during that time period, but I got to be honest as a public school teacher that does the pledge of allegiance every single day to see that not one kid has any interest in my classroom to stand up for the pledge of allegiance tells me that if world war three breaks out and we need the source soldiers we are absolutely, pardon my language, America out loud, we are fucked. Yeah, man. Well, listen, this is all part of the demoralization process that you're going through as, you know, we're going through that right now. And if you want soldiers to sign up to be in the military, then yeah, you you better come with something good, uh, like at least have a good story. Um, and uh, I, I feel like, you know, we grew up, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Like they were, we worked really hard through propaganda to be very pro-America. We came up on Rocky, Rambo, you know, Superman. This is like a, the embodiment of this stuff. And it just made you want Hulk Hogan. You know what I'm saying? This is like the stuff that we came up on. And there was a definite pivot in that, uh, you know, post, post 9-11. Not sure when exactly. You still get burst of that stuff. But um. Well, I I, th I think part of it, and I, I might get hate for this, but it's when, when we're like, oh, little girls can be soldiers too. You can grow up to be just like the men. Listen, like, man, this is what the regime does, though. The, uh, if I may, like the nature of the state, right? It's bad enough. Uh, and I thank you for your service, man, really. And it's cool that you're on the anti-war tip now. But it's bad enough that we had, you know, like conscription, like we forced people to sign up. You know, you sign up for the draft. 
in in Vietnam, you had to go. There's no choice. That's been the case, you know, throughout history. And now, yeah, you're seeing this like, like it, it's not, it's bad enough. You have to pull the mother out of the home to go work, to be a tax slave, to go work in an office instead of like being in the home. Right. So now like you got tons of fatherless homes. You got homes without moms too, because we proxy out everything, but it's not enough that mom goes to work. Mom should be a soldier now too, because there's no economic opportunity anywhere. So sign up and be all you can be mom, you know, like, so you get the Marvels and Wonder Woman to kind of glorify this and, you know, take that sacred feminine energy and turn it into the war machine, like push that into the war machine, make everybody a soldier like the IDF, everybody, you know, gets to go and serve the state mandatory. You know, that's, that's not the way it should be, but I think that that is going to be the push in uh, coming years. I think they're doing a lot to make the military cool again, because I'm not sure if everyone saw the most recent propaganda video that came out, but there were a whole bunch of Caucasians dropping out of a helicopter or an airplane now. So we know they're serious about gearing up for a war when that happens. Uh, no more, no more sex change videos and all that stuff. We're serious about this. We need the Anglo-Saxons back in the saddle. So it's just absolutely silly with this whole thing. And I, I think you're 100% right about ruining the sacred feminine energy in all of this, because it's very, very important to realize that there is a divine masculine and a divine feminine, and they're trying to invert that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why you see this gravitation towards uh, technology, this gravitation towards um, being lax, not trying to use an energy that is meant for creation and that energy is being siphoned off into a way to demoralize the social fabric of this country right everyone's a creator now everyone goes on social media we're all creators right now mm -hmm. so that's a feminine energy to be a creator but they're trying to siphon it off and make it into a mere pittance of what it should be well well, Chris, I, I, I would think that part of this, and I want Joe's uh, feedback on this. Joe, so part of what I'm looking at is the first argument that I can immediately get that the other side's going to give to what I stated and what we're talking about is, you know what? Some of these women can kick your asses. You know what? You're absolutely correct. I'm not saying they can't. I'm not saying that a woman cannot be tougher than a man, that a woman cannot go in the war and be just as productive. So if that's what you took by me saying, we've said to every little girl, go off the war. That's not what I was getting at. What I'm getting at is what Chris was just talking about is this inversion of the roles that we typically had in society that are getting inverted now. There is a reason why it is seen as a man, as a protector and a woman fulfilling the womb of caring for all. The reason why we have more and more, uh, uh, I think advertisements towards young ladies at this point and what we were seeing up until just recently where it switched over to the alpha male is because we were not getting individuals into the army. People were not enlisting. They weren't going into the service branches. So the military knew, well, gee, what a great thing. People are calling for equal rights. Women, you know, should be able to do everything a man can do. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get them in the military. And then our numbers will start even out. That even hasn't worked because they just increased the enlistment age to the age of 42 for some of the branches, because I think they know that war is coming and we're going to need people that are up to the age of 42. And 
I think that the military is desperate because people are obese. They're not taking care of themselves. They're psychotic and on drugs because they need those drugs in order to deal with a hyper anxiety culture that uh, is focused on just yourself and not self-care instead. And as a result, the military is like, man, we got problems. And so this inversion is a reactionary thing in order to try to strengthen. Joe, what do you want to correct out of anything that I said? What's your, what's your views on that? I don't, I don't want to correct anyone. I would, um, I would say there's, I would say there's merit in, you know, in what every panelist has said, but, you know, I knew some women in Iraq who I'm sorry, could kick all our asses. I really did. There was a, there was a, there was a lady in my unit who carried a saw 240 Bravo, a big freaking machine gun. And she shaved her head the day we went to Iraq. Same as us. Shaved her head bald. She was, uh, yeah, it, it, Joe, I, I acknowledge that. That and actually, that's exactly what I just said. That will be the talking sure. point back to me. That's yeah, a bullshit. Yeah, that's a yeah. bullshit talking point back to me though, because yeah. it's not actually addressing the overall part of what I'm getting at is, you know, we are changing the the norms and standards and roles yes, in a way that we... is awkward for what is best for the divinity of society. Right. It's it's it'd be yeah. way different. I would be I would be pro allowing women into the military, but I'm anti having a nationwide propaganda campaign to to kind of convince young girls that the military is a viable option for them. I, I just think that that's, yeah. you know, feeding them into a system that they don't, they don't, they shouldn't be a part of. My, my, I mean, my thoughts are, you know, get away from the military industrial complex in the first place. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I really would like to see more peace and less war for us as a species, but I don't see that in the cards, baby. Um, I just don't, I think that they are, shifting to recruit anyone and everyone because they can't make those numbers anymore. And that's because in my opinion, they lied us into a war in Iraq. They squandered everything we fought for in Afghanistan while, you know, taking the resources as well, obviously. Um, and they've made it through our education system so that there's not a love of country anymore. There's yeah. not a love of, Hey, um, there are actually other countries that would like to be on top. You know, there's a lot of other countries that would like to be on top. Russia and China come to mind. And yeah. I guarantee you that in their school system, they probably love their country. But it's getting to a point where they have to take everyone and anyone because people aren't signing up. The Army's missed its recruitment goals. And I just brought some donuts to the recruiting center the other day because I was feeling a little tiny little bit of patriotism, a little skosh, a little, you know, just a little bit. And because, frankly, I missed the Army that morning. Hmm. And they had no one in the office, you know, when I was there except for the recruiters. And then a young lady walked in. And so where are the where are the where are the men? You know, I'd like to, I'd like to know because they well, don't I seem can, to be signing up. <laughs> well, I can tell you how they can meet those recruitment goals. 
You promise everybody citizenship if you serve X amount of years. All of a sudden, you've got millions of people that could potentially be signing up to get into the military. Yeah, they've tried that. They've tried that, and they'll probably try it again with a more aggressive program. I'll tell you how they're going to meet the goals, and it's going to cause a lot of social unrest. But if China goes after Taiwan next week, you know, if this war that we've propped up in Ukraine where we're sending hundreds of thousands of Russian conscripts into the meat grinder to make money for Lockheed Martin and General Dynamics, if the war in the Middle East escalates and gets completely out of proportion with Iran and their proxies attacking Israel and larger attacks on U.S. troops and U.S. interests in the region, which they've been doing. The last I saw, there was like 46 attacks on U.S. troops. You know, and I have a special place in my heart for the Iranian militias as they tried to kill me. So, um, yeah, they're not wonderful people. But, um, you know, the actual militiamen themselves, not the Iranian people. But um, we're going to get into a point where the government's going to have a draft. They're going to they're going to do a general call up. And it Mm -hmm. might start small like it did because there was a large anti war isolationist movement prior to world war ii we only had like a hundred thousand people in the army you know nationwide it was it was it was a very small military and then we had that build up to fight hitler and the japanese and you know there was this meme i saw the other day where jen's you know there was a millennial and a boomer and gen zier they were all talking back and forth and this and that. And the Gen Zer was like, yo, swag, this, that, whatever. I don't understand any of it. But the millennial said, well, you can say whatever you want, but you're going to die in a trench in Europe. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I mean, I'm sorry, but the draft is going to have to come because they can't make the recruiting goals. And if we, you know, if we as a species continue to careen towards war, which is the way it's looking to me, um, they're going to have to bring back the draft. There's no question in my mind. And as a person opposed to the draft on principle, I really don't like that, but I think it's going to happen. Well, Joe, I want to answer your question. And I'm shocked that Chris did not knock that out of the park and, and bite him with his teeth. Cause I know this is something Chris, you probably feel strongly about. You asked Joe, where are the men? Why aren't the men signing up? And I would like to blame the left and Democrats for that. Because the men are afraid of the toxic masculinity that labeled them the Me Too offenders for years. It is now not good to be a macho male. If you're an alpha male, you are looked down upon in society. You're a meathead. You are somebody that might be abusive towards women. It's, It's absolutely true. You look at what we did over the last decade and a half towards males and we have marginalized the role of the gender norms that we had for men and we've changed them and as a result you're not going to have the alpha male you're not gonna have as dave was talking earlier about the incredible hawk i remember being like oh you won't like me when i'm angry when i was younger right and like picture myself getting really pissed off and ready to go you know or superman same type of thing we had this patriotic vision That all went out the window when the progressive left started attacking what it means to be male and to have masculinity in this world. And that's the reason why I was making 
we've had to make recruitment numbers towards the feminine and the females for balance, have equal rights for all. It's so swell. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm going to give some heat. Then if you're going to go after the left like that, I'm going to go after the boomer neocon Zionists that plunged us a thousand years into darkness from 2001 on and launched a, a wars of aggression, wars based on lies in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Egypt, Somalia, Yemen. And now they want to go like they have my whole adult life want to go to Iran. So um, I share Joe's uh, concern for something turning hot because I'm, I'm sure that they'd love to put I mean, I think Biden said, I'm going to send 4,000 troops to Israel and we're just going to kind of help out. Um, so I, I think that's happening. I could be, check me on that. But I think they're already like committing some troops. Can you imagine if one of did. them, if one of them got killed by Hezbollah or Iran or something, that would be enough, right? To look, to do well, all the things that the neocons want to do already. So well, just be ready for that. I, I'm I not thought, sure, Chris, what just on. happened with the Black Hawk helicopter in the Mediterranean? Well, that was off of Cyprus, if I remember correctly. Was it Cyprus? Okay. I thought it was. And somebody shot that down. That's what they're saying. But also, uh, what's the General McGregor? He's on all of uh, these shows, like Judge Napolitano's show on YouTube. And he's already come out and said that there have already been American casualties because they were supposedly looking for hostages or whatever else. And they got ambushed by Hamas. But since there isn't an official declaration of war or false flag yet, then they won't admit to anything like that. Um, and just so I can say I am also against the draft, I don't think there should be a draft at all because none of these wars are justified. These wars do not go along with the American public. If you do any sort of real polling, nobody is for these wars. Everybody is against these wars and they want to stay out of it. Even the left, because all the left has to do is argue, where's the equi equity? The rent is too damn high. <laughs> Yo, and really quick, it's, it's important that, you know, history can tell us a lot, right? So we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that FDR knew that there was going to be an attack on Pearl Harbor. He knew that that was going to happen. Okay, cool. I got confirmation from Chris. Yes, um, I agree. <laughs> I would make the case that Dick Cheney and some others in the project for the new American century knew that they that there was going to be an attack on 9-11. There's certainly the CIA told them in August and July that, hey, bin Laden determined to attack with planes, right? That was that was in the cover of the memo. Hmm. Um, this attack in, in uh, Israel where the 1,400 people died, that happened in the most secure fortress of a country that ever existed, thanks to your tax dollars, right? For seven minutes before anybody got there. This is a place that just has military dudes walking around, you know, leisurely with AR-15s all the time. So uh, lots of questions. I feel like we should ask, you know, when, when there's stuff like this that happens that if you can say problem, reaction, solution to it, you know, like let's re recognize let's go. <laughs> some of these patterns, you know? Yeah, thanks. Exactly. Exactly. So I have, I have two things I want to point out to everybody because I'm going to push back on what Chris just said. So I, I, I don't think it's safe to say not everybody's for the war. Even in this room, I think I could make each of you believe that this could be a justified war with protecting Israel. And I'm going to explain why. The first part is 
you should know about me that I also agree. I hope there's never a draft. I just don't believe that that's even feasible at this point in time because there will be one. Once China goes into Taiwan, buckle up everybody because our sons and daughters will be getting ready for war at some point in time during their lifetime, likely. And that's the sad reality that we're finding ourselves in. I wish that wasn't the case. If I had it my way, I would close every single military base that's not located in the United States, and I'd bring every single troop home, and I would use the land and resources that we have, the rich oil that's up in Alaska, and I would work on creating the most energy-independent country possible and get out of the entanglement. But here's the problem. Americans are addicted to foreign oil. We had Brian Fry on. And I, I, I wish, you know, Brian, if you're listening, send me a message because I will bring you onto the show to contribute to this part of the conversation here. Because the reason why you're going to defend Israel is somebody please point out to me what other ally we have in the Middle East if Israel falls for stability. And would you guys be happy with all of a sudden having $200 a barrel oil because it's become completely destabilized and the cost of living doesn't go up as we've seen in hyperinflation, but in inflation that buries this entire country into a third world country, because that is what we're looking at with the Biden administration and the mismanagement of the oil reserves, the mismanagement of what's into the future. So right now, yeah, it's not a just war. Congress hasn't, you know, put out what they're supposed to. I agree all that stuff. However, I will make the case that we need to defend Israel right now and give resources simply because we don't have a good foreign policy to do otherwise. That looking the other way is simply not an economical option for our country in long-term stability. Mm, killing me, no. Greg. <laughs> What's in that glass you're drinking out of, Greg? I know that sounds like Joe Biden. If we didn't have an Israel, we'd have to go out and invent mm, an Israel. That's like, what I was like, thinking Joe, the whole time. Joe, <laughs> Joe Biden is responsible for all this bullshit that we're going through to begin with. That's what I'm saying. It's a failed policy on his leadership. Right. Trump had us at a point where we were becoming more energy independent than ever before. And had we followed Trump's plan and Joe Biden to get in there like an ignoramus first day and reverse all the executive orders and put his own in, we'd be in a different spot right now. And that's the look, God honest truth. Yeah, but like, look, you're what you're basically saying is like, OK, look, we have this heroin addict here that like, how do we treat this? Like, obviously the answer is to cut off all foreign aid to all countries, Ukraine, Israel, all military aid to all these countries immediately. Uh, certainly don't send 14 billion extra dollars while they're waging a war of genocide on mostly women and children. You know, this is not, this is not defending yourself. Does a country have a right to defend itself? Absolutely. Uh, do they have a right to exist? No, you have, you have the right to defend yourself. You don't have the right to exist. So I'll say that. I'll also say that as a libertarian, um, who believes in property rights, non-aggression, and that justice, uh, there, that there's no uh, statute of limitations on justice. And I would tell this to somebody who was interested in reparations for uh, black people who, whose ancestors were enslaved. If you can prove that, that there was a, a, an, an act of aggression, if you can prove that somebody stole your great-great-grandfather's property or whatever else, um, then you could take that to court and you could you could win that. You could that could be your personal reparations. And I 1948 wasn't that long ago. So if there are land disputes, like you could bring them before like the international court. If there was real justice, like if they're interested in that, I don't I don't know exactly what that would look like. And I'm not saying that the Israeli people don't have a right to 
be in a place where they want to be. But if you really want to get to it, and I know this isn't the first time you've heard this argument, but you know, post-World War II, if you were going to put Jews somewhere, Germany probably would have been the place since you just leveled that place in the name of that, right? If that's, I don't know, uh, makes more sense to me. And then, you know, to ignore the fact that Israel was created with uh, British petroleum dollars and Rothschild interests, you just can't take that off the table. Um, this has nothing to do again with religion. It has to do with moneyed interests. And now, as you're saying, man, this is an outpost for the regime to spy on that part of the world. So we spend billions of dollars sending them to Israel. We spend billions in the Arab world around it. Basically it's hush money saying, Hey, you guys are cool with this, right? Okay. Here's a few billion dollars for you, a few for you. So yeah, we probably shouldn't do that. And then you get to the real heart of the argument, which is, you know, well, is America the world's police um, or are we not? Um, like if we want to say that, hey, we cherish Western values and we are the shiny beacon on the hill and stuff like we can live that. We can't be that and the empire, though. So the, the more that we, you literally cannot have both of those things. So you can't house people like entire cities and go, we're the civilized ones. And we're defending civilization against like these barbaric people. You can't say that. I won't accept that. So that's why as a libertarian, it's important right now to go, yeah, Hamas who came in there and housed all those people wrong, obviously like cold blooded murder. But if you know that there are people, civilians in a building, but you need to kill a terrorist there, but you do it anyway, murder, first degree murder. Any lawyer would tell you that. That's absolutely, you can't, you can't say that's def Israel defending itself. If somebody breaks into your house and kills your wife, you don't get to go, I know that you're in my neighborhood somewhere and I'm going to blow up this neighborhood to find you. It just, it just does not compute. So if you want to send in special ops or Mossad to go get these guys, that's what I would recommend. And you have every right to do that, but you do not have the right to just blanket level and as some people say turn that place to glass you do not have the right to do that it's never justified please don't think in any way shape or form i'm trying to justify that there's a right to do that because i'm no, not i'm not um, sorry for, sorry for yelling that, that's okay <laughs> but I, there's a double standard here as americans i'm not saying the four of us there's a double standard that when it happened in afghanistan no one gave a crap because we were carpet bombing afghanistan Mm -hmm. And people look the other way when it was happening under Barack Obama and there was drone strikes happening throughout the Middle East. Anytime in the name of terror, people just look the other way. People are like, oh, it's acceptable loss. No one was sitting there going, well, innocent lives are being lost, you know, in this wedding party. I keep going back to that because that's the most egregious one I can think of where there are hundreds of people killed by a, a missile strike. But no one was, you know, going to the streets in Washington, D.C., holding up, you know, uh, free Afghanistan, free yeah. Iraq. No one cared. Um, but because it's the Holy land, people care. It's because religion, I believe is involved in all this people care. And it's because the religion's involved. It's also become the emotional issue of, of the day. I'm glad that we're finally having a conversation about indiscriminate bombing in this world because I'm a man of peace and I believe that peace is very important. I'm also a man that likes to think critically and logically about why we're doing what we're doing. And if you cannot see that it's the failed leadership and policies 
of administrations from this one and before that have caused us to be in this contract. I mean, hold on one second. Chris, opensecrets.com. Who's the number one person that's ever gotten money from Israel? Do you know? Over $4.2 million. Hmm. No, I don't. Who could it be? Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden's received $4.2 million during his career from Israel. Second, how much money do you think they gave him for his presidential campaign? I don't know. Are we counting anonymous mm. gift cards to act blue or no? Maybe. <laughs> no this, this is, you can go open secrets. You can get all this about $3.6 $3. million, but I appreciate the humor. That's it? Three point six. I heard that APAC yeah. over his entire career, he got four point two million. Now he's getting three point six million, right? Oh, and we're on shipping, top of that. Okay, wow, yeah, yeah. And we're shipping three billion every year from Congress to Israel in the name of hey. My point is, we are so in bed right now with Israel that we don't have a choice as Americans but to be intimately involved. The four of us may not like it. The people marching in Washington, D.C. might might not like it. But what I'm trying to point out, and Brian Fry is messaging me off to the side, he can't join, but he's really convinced as well that if we don't protect our resources there, we are not equipped to move forward as a country okay. in the future. All right, all right. So let me get on your soapbox for a little bit. Or actually, you know what? I see Joe over there. He's chomping at the bit. Yeah. So let's get yeah, I'm Joe. Sorry, over. I'm chomping on the bit. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, you know, I know two things that I've been thinking throughout this conversation is I couldn't agree more with the libertarian up in the corner over there. At least on my view, the gentleman there. Um, you know, when you see the children who have been bombed in Gaza, it just breaks your heart, doesn't it? I mean. How could it, how could, how could it not, you know, these are little kids. And I think we can all agree that, you know, little children are innocent, you know, it just, it just breaks your heart. But my two cents is number one, if you're opposed to war and you don't want your kids going to war, grab a pair of army boots from a surplus store. Because I did this one time after I got back from Iraq, you bring them this oh. and you say, Hey buddy, um, I understand you want to vote for more war and more boots on the ground, and you might want to vote for a draft. I brought you a pair of combat boots. They've already been broken in. You're welcome to use them if you want to go to the front and watch them squirm. Watch them squirm like the snakes they are. It's amazing. It's a satisfying experience. Bring your congressperson a pair of combat boots and say, hey, buddy, you want to go to the front? I got a pair of boots for you, and I brought them my boots from Iraq, and they, ooh, you know, you know, I could, I couldn't, you know, I honored your service so much, this and that. I'm like, well, hey, when you're when you're when you're gonna vote against gay marriage next, on the on the on the floor of the House or the Senate, go ahead and take my Iraq campaign medal with you and stand up and tell people that I'm not equal. Go ahead and do that. Oh no no no, I couldn't do that. It's hilarious to watch them squirm. <laughs> it's just hilarious, but. Yeah, we're 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 careening towards World War Three, and I really, really wish we weren't. And I don't see any other option because we've become so entangled, and that's why the founders warned us against entangling alliances. The founders warned us about this, and we didn't listen to them. 
And I hope George Washington is tied down because he must be spinning in his grave right now. That's about all I can say about that. That is the, that's the entangling alliance of entangling alliances though, isn't it? Like forget the UK (laughs) and that's, that's got deep roots, but this is the one, isn't it? Like this alliance is the, when I see the American Israeli flags cross, like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the electorate, the block that, that that makes up. And isn't it funny too, they talk about the axis of evil, right? Like, you know, when you talk about state sanctioned murder, most of it, I think probably comes from the religious hubs of the world too, in America, the home of Christianity and Israel and Saudi Arabia. These are the countries that really export the the worst of uh, the the perversions of their said religion, the worst parts, um, and they embolden the extremist ideas. And speaking of that too, man, you know that's kind of what America has done historically: is take areas of um, th- that region and promote the most radical, the most fundamentalist. Uh, sections to overthrow whoever they want, you know, start in, in Iran with the Shah in, in 53 and, and move from there. But like, you know, they've, they've, we say that, or, you know, a lot of people would say like, oh, these are just savages. They've been that way for thousands of years. They'll always be that way. It's like, well, maybe, but maybe it's because we've been fucking around in that region for a long time. And I mean, I hear you with, you know, like we're, we're in there deep. So like, maybe we should stay, but I just don't, I can't morally accept that as like a, like, no, you have to like take the bandaid or rip the bandaid off at some point. And um, I don't know, do they have a right to exist? It's like, yeah, by yourself. You have the right to exist by yourself. I don't know. Don't you have space lasers and iron domes and all that stuff? You should be good. I, I think that, that that's the mission statement too, right? They want to be able to defend themselves. So um, no, I'm against all foreign aid uh, to all countries, especially ones that are doing what they're doing right now. And uh, I, re- I recommend getting out of that toxic relationship. Well, it's so, not as if it's, please, Greg, sorry. I was going to say, so gentlemen, I think that what this means is we need to come up with a solution, not just sit here as a podcast and four guys talking. We need to come up with a solution of two things. One, if we're going to demand that we get out of the Middle East, that we end the $3 billion of aid each year to Israel, that they can figure their own problems out, fend for yourself. Then when the reality that I'm trying to point out becomes a reality, which notice none of you actually attacked that that would become a reality, simply attack the morality of the situation, which I agree with you on, but I I still got to talk dollars and cents, which means we're going to get crippled as a country under the current leadership. So what's the plan forward then here in America where we can demand energy independence from an administration that believes climate change is the number one threat to humanity and not world war three and not Z in Taiwan and dictatorships and the WEF we're talking about a failed experiment at this point in time, which is called America, Mm. which we all love, but it's not going to survive with what's happening in the middle East. And it's a major blue chip that I'm just pointing out that you're either going to go, you know, I'll take about 30 more years of security and let's support Israel or, oh my God, things are going to get real uncomfortable in America. And we're either going to clean house of these socialist Marxists 
or the country's going to die a quick death and we're going to become morphed in some type of collectivism culture, which now, leads hold, us to the hold, 2030 agenda. Hold everything. What's to say that diplomacy won't work? <laughs> diplomacy won't work. Oh my God. That's the best. That's the what's best joke of the say? night. Where's, where's my know, drums? Do, do, you do, could quote that. <laughs> if we could assume, wouldn't it be cool to assume that the leaders of the world were not in a sick murder cult? Because then you could say something. Then you could say something like that with a straight face. Like, well, don't, if they have your, but yeah, but they're in, unfortunately, they're in a murder cult. Mm-hmm. So um, they're not interested in that. It's only destabilization. It's only chaos and death. And it's it's the so, so discord across the planet. You know, it's you know, so they are. It's 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 you know, saw it saw it in Iraq, saw it during the Battle of Basra that my unit provided um, ammunition for. I don't know how much I can go into discussing the specifics of that, but um, yeah, they're in a death cult. They really are. They're 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 in a death cult and. Call me a conspiracy theorist if you want. That's fine. But a lot of important people meet at Bilderberg every year. You know, a lot oh, of man. important people get together and talk about shit. And I got to wonder what they talk about. I don't think it's my best interest. I don't think it's your best interest. I think it's how they can make more money for their buddies. And the almighty dollar has made them into a death cult. How do we, how do we, how do we save America and get 30 more years of security? I think it's, me personally, and that's not the endorsement of the Greg Bolden, you know, show, but I think it's by voting libertarian. I think it's by voting any third party you can vote because the Democrats and Republicans are a death cult. That's what they are. They've been exporting murder since they got into power. They've been murdering civilians all over the world. They've been supporting regimes that murder civilians all over the world, these two major parties. You know, the Libertarian Party hasn't been doing that. And they could use your help, <laughs> you know, yeah. believe me, they could use their help because it's just like in the Simpsons, you know, Flanders left hand store is about to come Libertarian Party headquarters in less than half an hour. That's you know, right. it's 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 why are we not taking the same people and I'll even throw in the Green Party for the hell of it. And that might make some people cringe, but whatever. But I, I why are we not letting the adults in the room, the same people who might want a change to say, hey, let me take a chance at the wheel as Biden's careening us half asleep down into World War III. While his puppet masters probably want that, who would like that, you know, because war is good for the economy and, you know, we'll have this arsenal of democracy again. Give me a break. It's an arsenal of death is what it is. It's not an arsenal of democracy to give all these weapons to Ukraine and Israel. It's an arsenal of death. It's a chance to play gotcha to the Russians. It's a chance to play gotcha to the Iranians. And we don't have time for that as a species anymore, folks. We don't. We don't have time anymore. We're running out of time. And we can either get off the planet with Elon Musk as a species and go to Mars, maybe build some interstellar spaceships and go beyond that in a few hundred years, or we can sit here and kill each other and argue over what I think are meaningless pieces of paper. And unfortunately, we're going to argue over the little pieces of paper and fight over a fraction of a pixel. And I think that's a real shame. Yeah, man. I just want to say, yeah, I resent it too. I resent, you know, that my whole life, our, I mean, all of our grandfather's generation, so much life energy spent on war, 
right? Think about that. And dude, you know, like take a man like you or like Pat Tillman, right? Like these are men who are ready to step up to do the right thing. This is a good uh, part of our nature to like, yes, I will leave my home and I will go fight for this thing that I, this is a beautiful thing that this, you know, death cult takes, destroys and turns into something that, you know, no one had foreseen because they sell it, you know, through propaganda and stuff. So I just want to say again, man, like I appreciate the nature of a guy like you who would literally like, you know, not sound cheesy, but like, like sacrifice your, your life energy to go do something that is noble, that is noble. And then you end up, how did I end up in Baghdad dropping ordinance on, you know, like, how did this happen? You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't imagine, you know, like dealing with that. And, um, yeah, it just sucks that so much of the human experience is spent on blood, bloodshed. And, and it's, it, we could be doing so much else, so much lost potential, you know? Yeah. And I'm, you know, and I'm sorry, Greg, but I got to do it. I got to get a, you know, a little quick plug in here. I talk about it a lot in my book, The Broken Mirror of Memory, Iraq and Other Tales. You know, folks, I only make $5 a book off this thing, but I spent 10 years of my life writing it, and, and I'd be honored if you picked it up. Um, I really, I wanted to be able to change the world because we've taken idealists, like myself, I was an idealist, and I joined the military. And we send them to zones where they don't need to be. And then civilians accidentally die, or soldiers get killed, and you get just completely tore up and broken about it. And then it takes 10 years for you to rebuild your life. And, you know, I would just say, I really think this book could change your life because it'll make you think a little bit. And that's just, that's just me. So, um, I would ask you to pick it up. So that is the book, the broken mirror of memory. I actually did an entire episode on that book and Joe, you gotta have some faith in me, man. I was going to prom promote oh. the book and toss it to you. I got it at the bottom great. here. I'm a professional. I got you covered, brother. I'm not going to have you on here and not promote your book. Woo. Yeah. The broken mirror of memory by Joe soul. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's poetic. Uh, it's a, it's a great, uh, insight into basic training as well as some of Joe's experiences, and uh, it's poignant. I, I think that, that listeners, I know that some of my listeners have already purchased it because they told me they did. I know so that you have several people that I know that purchased the book from you being on the show. Um, but, you know, more people, go ahead, pick that up. Uh, Joe's always willing to give his time. Uh, we also have Dave Casey here. You can hear Dave uh, with a show called David versus Goliath. Is it? It's David versus Goliath, not Dave versus Goliath, right? No, Dave. It is Goliath. Dave. See, yeah. okay. I was going to put David. Play. That's my play on the classic. Oh, God. See, so you can oh, go Dave to versus Goliath. Dave huh. versus Goliath, uh, available on all your favorite podcast networks, as well as he has a YouTube channel there. You can subscribe to it. And while you're uh, broadcasting with Dave, you can leave in your comments and he'll put those up for you as well. And you can also follow the awesome, wonderful Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels there. And that is Chris Michaels down there in the corner for those that are watching along and also follow him along at last call caravan. Give him a like and a follow. That would be awesome for everybody. For those that are listening on the America out loud network, this is going to be goodbye. But for those that are watching online, we're going to continue the show with a new segment here where you're all going to be able to participate. We're going to try a little bit of experiment. 
But I want to thank you guys for the America Out Loud segment here that we just recorded uh, for being my guest. And we'll continue on in just a quick moment. Everybody, I hope that you enjoyed today's content, the left versus the left, talked about bin Laden, talked about the intricacies of Israel and Afghanistan. No, Israel and Palestine. It's been a long show. We hit about an hour and a half here today. Um, Just always remember, you can go over to my socials if you'd like to get extended content. And today is going to have extended content. So head on over to at Real Greg Bolden, where you can find that. Hope I honored your time well, everybody. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden, Chris Michaels, Dave Casey, and Joe Soul. Take care, everybody, and be bold, America. Uh-huh.